Hello and welcome to the show. That's a thing that we say every week. Um, <laughs> this is an episode we recorded uh, many, many months ago. I, I, over a year ago, or about a year ago, probably. Um, actually, probably more like 11 months ago, if we're being accurate. I think it was like middle of February 2020. And we just kind of sat on it for a long time. Uh, it was supposed to be for a different series that we pivoted from once we, you know, had to start recording remotely. Uh, we just started a whole new series and then never got back to doing this one. But uh, we wanted to air it now. Uh, it was nice hearing us all uh, together. Uh, I think you'll hear how nice it was. Um, I got nothing else to say. Just, uh, you know, enjoy. And uh, we do, uh, keep on being you. It would have been lower if you had given it a five. Oh, I know. It's, it's, gonna be, <laughs> it's above Dene Ducan, which was 1.5 or 1.6. Right, <laughs> Only because Sab picked Sab said five. Sab, yeah. yeah. The King's speech might actually be a little bit lower. Yeah. I'm gonna pick Schindler's List. You can pick Citizen Kane. Actually, Citizen Kane's got some black weird things. Yeah. I'm gonna There's pick. That giant Chef. fireplace. That's whack. Mm. With the statues. That's the only thing I like in Citizen Kane. Is when she's that. in this room full of statues doing a puzzle or something. I'm ready whenever you are. Hey there. This was nice to hear, right? <laughs> Yeah. Chewing. People love that. <laughs> People love that. People get paid to do that. But I guess I'm not. Yeah. Are we recording? There's gonna be a lot of crunching on this episode. Mm. No. This episode is sponsored by the Corner Store. Episode is sponsored by Not Pringles. <laughs> this episode is gonna be so sponsored if we're keeping it. Yes. Like film. Yeah. Oh my god, we need to do so much product placement. Oh, sponsored wow. by literally everything. Literally yeah. everything. Shit. Should we? Who wants to bring us in? I, I was gonna sing the Josie and the Pussycats theme song, but yeah. I don't trust myself to sing. It's oh, a, wait, what? I can never. No. Do you, Oh, the one in the end credits? Like the actual theme song from the TV series. Oh, I've never seen the TV series. Okay, I know I know the words to it, but I'm not going to sing. I don't want to sing. <laughs> Can you sing the Du Jour song, Backdoor Lover, which opens oh, the back film? Backdoor Lover. Yeah, yeah. You're my backdoor lover. Yeah, yeah. And that's all the words I know. That's all the words I know, too? I couldn't find that on Spotify when I was looking it up. But the uh, the whole, soundtrack album. Yeah, yeah, that that's on there. But Dujour. I feel like Dujour should be on there because it the full song is in the credits, hmm. like yeah. in the credits at the end. It also, wasn't a bad song. Yeah, Dujour it's means a- friends and cleanliness and family. Dujour means belts. everything. And crash positions. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Hannah, do you want to intro what yeah. what film we're doing? So this week we are doing a childhood fave of mine. Josie and the Pussycat. Yeah. 
turning 19 this year. Really? Oh. It's from 2001. Holy. It's time to get this movie drunk. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> not until not until like April though. So I looked up the exact date to see if I was older or younger than this film, and I am older. Control yourself, Hannah. Sorry. The movie's a kid. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Yes, that is the movie that we picked. Well, I picked. Yeah. What should I should I tell you about it? What was when did you first see it? Um, and why why does it relate to our we'll theme of conspiracy? I don't remember the first time I saw it because my brain was washed in a conspiracy. I mean, my memory. <laughs> but I was a little kid. And I remember I had Josie and the Pussycat ears from like the movie, but I didn't know what it was. But I had them and then I rented it from the movie store because I was like, this looks sick. I don't remember how old I was. And I watched it and I was like, that was sick. And I'm sure I've seen it a few times. And then I watched it again on Saturday, which was yesterday. And I was like, this is exactly what I remember it was, but perhaps not quite as sick, but I liked it. Sick. <laughs> Should I say? Oh, it's like you, whack. Yeah. You you thought it was more sick than it actually was, I guess. Like. Well, no. Just when I was a kid, I just loved it. I think it's not that I didn't. I think it was sick this time. It's just like, I think, perhaps mostly in the realm of like humor, mm-hmm. it was like funnier to me as a kid. Okay. But I think the things that I thought were funny and that I liked from this were things that I didn't get from it when I was a kid. Because I didn't, I read it differently. I think. I will sure. also say this is my second time watching it, and I think it's better on first watch because there's so many weird twists and turns that when you know it's coming, it's still enjoyable. It's just like not as enjoyable because you're like, what? Especially at the end, the reveals with like Parker Posey, like that's so funny at the end and like ridiculous. But yeah. Anyway, can I do my intro? Because I started talking. Yes. Okay. I'm Nara. Uh, I have seen Josie and the Pussycats once before. I watched it over the summer in like June or something because one day to fall asleep, I like listened to the movie Beyond Clueless, which you don't need to watch the movie. Like you don't need to see it because it's basically just a feature length like video essay about coming of age films. But then they talked about Josie and the Pussycats. And I think before, like it was vaguely on my radar, but I was like, oh, that seems like a weird, like pandery kind of like annoying film. But then I watched it and it was so good. It's so good. So I watched it first in June, and then I watched it earlier this week again, and it's great, and I think it's whack. Hmm. Yeah. I uh, I watched it this morning, um, and it was it was pretty whack. I think I'm going to say that right up front. Like, four people and a monkey almost die at the start. Like, first five minutes, like, poof. And I was like, What? is going on and then it it really switches to a completely different movie after the little like beginning skit i, I thought it was, i thought it was nice i'm sad but i saw it yesterday do we have to do this if we just saw it yesterday mm. <laughs> we kind of ditch this part <laughs> you don't just want me? Well, i don't I... know if we have some history with the movie absolutely okay but if we don't i saw this yesterday for this podcast yeah what so... is what is it add for me saying that <laughs> Context. <laughs> I don't know. Out of 
it says so, context. So bad about Seb. Listen. Seb put on a flannel shirt and now he thinks he's like. a flannel for this. Some funny anecdotes. Seb's just mad that everybody's bullying him last episode. Yeah. Did he listen? He wasn't even. Nah. I'm gonna pull out my flip phone, call someone, and tell them. Smells like Teen Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've seen the movie, that's not a reference. That was a good one. That's cool. Sorry. No, that's okay. I have nothing. You don't <laughs> think it's whack? Um, yeah, I guess. It's just whack in the same way that a lot of movies we've done are whack. Mm. <laughs> now he's getting all anti-establishment because we shat on his film. Coming out swinging. Oh my gosh. Do you want to do a, a summary corner? Sure. Now? Is it... Or do we do it later? No, we do not. No, no. Does anyone want to do the song since Adam's not on mic? What song? What's the song? What's exactly. the jingle? I don't know the jingle. Okay, was about to do it. For the... Do the jingle. I don't know it. I'm always the back. For the Adam, summary? could you come do this? This. Song. Wait, what oh, song? Yeah. How many episodes? You don't even know what song. The I'm summary corner. The summary yeah. corner. Done like twelve episodes of this. <laughs> I don't think we've. I've already established that I don't want to say. Seb summary corner. <laughs> I've literally never heard that in my what the entire hell are you life. About? What the hell are you talking about? Are you conspiracizing against every me? Every single episode. When I went on the snack song. run, did you make a plan to make me sound like a fool? You've never heard him do a song for the summer corner. That's, no. That's the conspiracy. Do it every. He does it every time. Well, I disagree. <laughs> Anyways, I've summarized Josie and the Pussycats. Josie and the Pussycats. Wait, before you do that, can you just can you touch your mic again? My mic is it not making noises anymore? No, it is. It. I think so. Wait, can you hear yours? Just go right up to it and go like, ha. Ha. So do it again? Ha. Seb, can you do Ha. Can you do it again, Seb? Ha. Can you do it a bit louder, like right in the Ha. Okay, cool. Okay? Ha. Okay, cool. Louder? Ha. All right, how about going in? <laughs> Sick. <laughs> you can start now. Josie and the Pussycats of the title are a band who are kind of just starting out and after the disappearance of the hit boy band du jour they are recruited by a mysterious record label who launches them very quickly into superstardom which causes interpersonal conflict and international intrigue Ooh, Does it cause great. international intrigue? Yeah. yeah National intrigue. No, Parker Posey has, oh, yeah, gives a right. tour to what she calls the foreigners. True, <laughs> true, true, true. I don't know if Josie and Pussycats directly cause international intrigue, though, but I think the record label does. But they're part of a conspiracy that is soon to become international. They saved the world by the end of this movie. Can I also just say, I think this is the most conspiracy film that we were going to do this series because they do say conspiracy like three times mm-hmm. in the film. Mm-hmm. I think in the firm they say it once, and yeah, in this one they do say it a bunch. So the most conspiracy film we do is the one where they say the word <laughs> the most times. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's how this works. This is how conspiracies work. They have to be self-aware. So if they say it four times in Looney Tunes, then that's the most conspiracy <laughs> one. Yeah. No way. I don't think they say it that much in that movie. That's why Good Booger is the goodest movie we've done, <laughs> because they say good the most. Um, I really liked uh, this one scene that's just like in my head at the start was when the like record label dude 
like almost crashes into um the gang uh and then it's like yeah he has like the cd or whatever the number one band is in the background behind them i was like oh this movie like he uses an empty cd case to frame the band yes and he sees them as the number one oh it's fantastic like I think I love this film because I don't really know what age bracket it's for. Yeah. Because it's like, there's some stuff that, like you said, would be like really, like is really entertaining for really young people. But then there's so many things that would be so much more entertaining for an older age group that would probably be sort of like, would sort of like brush it off as like a dumb kid movie. So I'm just like, who is this made for? Plus like the whole like underlying theme of the film, which is about like, being an individual and like you know not doing what's like trendy and whatever like feels like it's more geared towards like older i don't know it's yeah it's a confusing film in that realm it's it's basically like one of those kid films where they get to say shit once so they like save it for like the moment because they say shit in the movie they say ass too. They say shit like three times in the movie, and I was like, "Wait, who's this film actually for?" Because they did more than one. Mm-hmm. They yeah. got the more than one pass. <laughs> I think it's for teens. Yeah, but, but like, it's, it's, I, I don't know, because I still feel like it's like it, even if it is for teens, like I feel like it is for teens. I still feel like the way it's like packaged, like anybody between the ages of like. 13 and like 17 would sort of like scoff at it and be like that's a kid's film and then you wouldn't really watch it until you're like a little bit older than that and you're like less jaded about seeing young. I think that's what happened in a bomb. Here's my conspiracy Mm. that I think is happening in this thing. The movie was made at for children to see and then be nostalgic about when they were older. So it's a they wow. it, it wasn't the move they intended for the movie to be one that would be rewatched ten years later by a nostalgic youth audience. I think it hits the most potent like that. But do you think they actually like planned no. it? Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, actually, if you turn down all the different noises in the film, <laughs> you just hear Mr. Movie Phone saying, "You'll like this movie." A decade from now, when you can appreciate its campy humor and weird... <laughs> Ten years later, talk about it on a podcast. <laughs> you will talk about it on a podcast. Podcast. They're the new television. Can we explain what that means? Yes. That's a reference to the big plot thing in the movie, which, which is that... You could have probably gotten into in the summary quarter. <laughs> sure. I was just starting us off. Okay. But there's... Yeah, the villains are the record label, and it's revealed that... In cooperation with the government, they're using a machine that adds uh, subconscious messaging, usually advertising, to popular music. Um, and it's done by Mr. Movie Phone. I don't even really know what that is. Only vaguely Must know. Have been legendary in 2001. Is... Yeah, they play it like it's really funny that it's Mr. Movie Phone. Yeah, is who. I think movie phone was a thing you called and it would give you the movie times. Because there's a Seinfeld episode where Kramer's the voice of movie phone. Oh. So I guess I do know what it is. Sick. <laughs> and all the entire plot of the uh, the record label is explained in an informative video by Eugene Levy. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah, he is so good. On behalf of the American government, even though he's Canadian. Canadian. I think that was also part of the joke, though. When at I the thought end that was going like, to come up. Yeah, no, I too. think in my mind, 
it's a really well-written joke, uh, if you're aware, which is probably means it's a poorly written joke. But yeah. that's why I feel like that's why they cut it so short immediately, like, when he, like, says, and, like, God bless America or whatever. It, like, yeah, it cuts, like, right, like, it almost cuts off the end of his words, like, he was gonna say something else about being Canadian after. Like, wait, I'm not actually. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I feel like that was supposed to be the joke, but then they like edited around that or something. I don't know. Maybe it could have also just be another like more like aware joke that studios like to put in for like the adult that has to watch with like the little kid, so they're engaged. It could have also just been like Eugene Levy was available. That too. They didn't want to like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We love Eugene Levy. We anyway, stand. Can we can we can we talk about Dujour a little bit more? Just because yeah, I love yes. them. I love the way that the movie is set up with Dujour at the beginning, mm-hmm. and like looking at this thing where it's like the film kind of does delve into it, um, where it like sets up this sort of like, um like the dichotomy between like the record label and like the music or like between like being a product and being a person where it like has du jour who like i don't think the like they're very much like um made by like the studio like they're not an organic band because they're all like infighting about dumb they stuff they also can't actually sing remember they, they start like singing <laughs> for like the camera and they're like uh-uh. yeah and they're lip syncing i think this is actually just like bad acting or like not paying attention to like the editing and the acting but there's some of their lip syncing in that scene so is off. so off i thought there was something wrong with my like <laughs> so video. Off. yeah um, but it's like so it's like it's i think it's like a pretty smart way to set up like the tone is like coming in with du jour um right away i also love that like it, they're that scene is like a ripoff of the I want it that way video. Yes. I also love Seth Green's feather boa. And his top hat? <laughs> yeah, and I also love that it's Seth Green, um Breckenmeyer. Um, Breckenmeyer and Donald Damn. Faison. Faison? Yeah. What's Donald? Donald Faison. Donald. Oh. Yeah. Which is like even though Seth Green wasn't in Clueless, the role of Traven Birkenstock was between him and Breckenmeyer for the oh role, and they're real life friends, so it's like practically. Yes. But yeah, some like 90s boys, and then some other guy. And a monkey. And a monkey. And a monkey. <laughs> I think the other guy is there because Dujur show up again at the end, but they're all in full body cast except the one guy who's not famous. So, so I the think one guy could... who can sing Enter Sandman. Yeah, I think they could only get that guy back you know yeah. so they like because everyone else you can't see who it is that was so funny though <laughs> they're all like they're all like oh it's so funny and then one guy like falls over yeah he's so like he's and then the guy's like yeah tell him <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i also think it's so funny like where like this again like this film is like i think better upon first watch because of all the twists and turns where it's like like, it does the comedy and, like, action movie thing where they, you're constantly just, like, being proved wrong and, like, something's being pulled over your head. But, like, this small thing where it's, like, du jour seems this, like, this super, like, incompetent band, but then they're, like, we landed the plane fine. Like, all this these things where you're, like, what? Like, I don't understand where any of this comes from. But it's it, it just and, good. And it all serves only for Josie to, like unbuckle her bandmates like yeah. that's that's all it is like they don't do anything yeah like, no they don't do anything more with like du jour i thought du jour would like come back as like a post credit scene or like some yeah. something like that like you see them like performing <laughs> right, or like you have like one of the like um behind the music like 
another like <laughs> presentation about like outing this like big like mega corp or something but then mm-hmm. it's not but like i'm not that mad that they just leave it at that because it's yeah. fun yeah do you also love this is i don't know if it's intentional but alan cummings character dresses and like looks just like the manager in spice world yeah Dude, yes mm-hmm. I don't know if that's they, supposed to be any. I think they reference Spice Girls in it too, like when they were. They kind of, I think yeah. Spice World's a big influence to me. Yeah. I, I think that it's like, it's kind of this absurdist thing. I think it's not nearly as good. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's kind of a half baked version. But it's also like trying to do something different. Like there's no conspiracy in. Well, there is a weird. There is the media conspiracy in Spice World, mm-hmm. but like. Spice World is clearly just in it for the jokes, whereas Josie's trying to like push a message on us. Should we talk about the message, the conspiracy? Yeah, Which I think it's interesting. Yeah. Also, I have a question: Does anyone know if MTV Breaking News is a like? If there's, it looked like it was a thing. Like it, it looked real. It looked real. We're too young to actually remember. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I didn't know if that was like a joke. Like in this world, the news is literally MTV, MTV. or I think it. I think it was a real. I think it was just yeah, a channel or something. Okay. Um. Yeah, but conspiracy wise, what's well? I guess I already said what it was, (laughs) but uh, I think that it's the most interesting thing in the movie because Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways it's true. Like, weren't record labels or McDonald's was paying rappers in the two thousands to mention Big Macs? Yeah, there's there's stuff like that all the time. There is a conspiracy. I remember I was listening to Baby One More Time at work and my coworker was like, this is fucked. And I was like, why? And they were like, have you ever listened to it backwards? And I was like, no. <laughs> and he showed me a YouTube video of it backwards. And like, people think that the chorus is her saying, sleep with me, I'm not too young. It's kind of sounds like it, but it could also <laughs> just be like grasping for straws. So Baby by who? Ba- hit me Baby One More Time. Oh, hit me, okay. Um, like they, in like, there is like all those conspiracies about like you know the Beatles backwards and mm-hmm. like all throughout the music industry. I'm sure there is weird subliminal messaging in some pop music at some point. Well, yeah, I think that's also just like a really like easy like metaphor to make or like mm-hmm. easy yeah. thing. Like it's easy for us to buy into it, especially when this film is so weird and wacky. Like it's a way to make us like identify with it more and easy yeah. to buy into it. And I think there's also like it just is like generally true that people are very influenced by the media that is like pushed upon yeah and that that there's all these kind of collaborations between like different companies that are working together to sell you multiple things at at a time and even the government like the government doesn't stay out of entertainment as much as we think Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. like those narratives are created also i think there's something about because the world in josie and the pussycats is so has so much branded content and so much product placement eventually you kind of become numb to it yeah like it feels normal it's like yes their room is sponsored by revlon Mm -hmm. they have a target plane the mcdonald's bathroom was amazing can i just say that with the fries and she's like like, sponge or whatever yeah like event yeah i I think it's like i think especially at this time when i feel like youth culture there was such like a cons- I mean I'm sure it is so still consumerist but mm-hmm. like it felt like consumerism was more blatant mm-hmm. because people weren't necessarily as like now you have to be more sneaky about your like branded content mm-hmm. although people are pretty obvious still um but like I feel like in the early 2000s it was just like mall culture mm-hmm. and yeah. so it feels 
true. It felt so weird when uh, they kept like name dropping actual brands and they were like Gatorade yeah. or like Adidas or something. And I was like, wait, are these like, is this a sponsorship, like a paid product placement? Do you, do you guys know like what that, because it felt so weird because it was super anti-ad and advertising. I think it but, has to be if yeah, they're using it, right? Yeah, so I'm like, what, I feel like kind of soils some of the message there. Like, I don't know. I think like, it adds to it even more. I like, feel it, yeah. If okay. they were like forced to like be sponsored and they're like, okay, well, we're going to make the whole story about. <laughs> yeah, I think that's okay. so funny. I think it's also funny that it's like a movie about like being sponsored and living this like artificial identity, but then it's like literally is this like fake band that was <laughs> mm-hmm. like made for like teenagers so long ago and yeah. it's like yeah. being like, and also, it's like, it's very weird because it, I don't think that the, the storyline of the film, like, is necessarily relevant to, like, the source material in that, like, Josie and the Pussycats, like, the comics. It's about them trying to, like, be successful as a band, but, like, th- someone just decided to put them in this context right. with this weird conspiracy. As, for, as far as I know, I didn't actually look up to see if that, but I have a feeling it it didn't. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really, it just, people are always like, okay, I'm like a huge Riverdale stan. Let's just, whatever. <laughs> um, but people always complain about how they're taking like, what, like this normal like source right. material and making it insane. But people have been doing that with the R2 comics forever. And this is just another example of like fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's just my Riverdale. So. Yeah. We didn't even talk about how it takes place in Riverdale. Not which is universe. Yeah. I also <laughs> love that when he goes into Riverdale, you see the like branding below the Riverdale sign where it's like Kodak logo, like mm-hmm. McDonald's logo, whatever. It's yeah. just like throughout the entire, yeah, it's just, I love I don't know that attention to detail, but just the like, like making fun of it. Like it's such a like great satire also, on branding. Like the cityscape, like yeah. they, like go into like this the unnamed like big city, and mm-hmm. it's literally in, instead of like iconic like architecture, it's like there's the McDonald's M and like and there's all a these big billboard or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they put up the new uh, poster for the band, you hear a kid go, "Whoa, a new poster." <laughs> <laughs> But it's it's kind of dystopian, but I think maybe the best piece of commentary in it, which I didn't really think about, is what you said. It's like, eventually you stop noticing. Like, it's funny at first, but then it's so present in the movie that after a while, it's not funny anymore. It's, yeah, like, they didn't half-ass it for, like, a few gags. Mm-hmm. It's so consistent that that's just part of the world, that it does... You Like, I didn't realize it when I was a kid, but it really does kind of take place in this alternative universe. Mm-hmm. Alternate, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but that's such a slight difference from ours yeah. too. Like yeah. it's like not that dystopian. Like it's it's us. Like we're living this right now. They're just like really showing us the stuff that I feel like we don't pay attention to as much like every day because you can't like you can't focus on that all the time. Like it's impossible. There's a couple sharp things. I really like that uh, the government is fully on board with this idea of brainwashing, and it's not like one evil guy. Like it's like oh, the government fully supports this. And then when it's, like, revealed, the whole plot, the government agent, like, arrests them. And they're like, you knew about it the whole time. And he just, like, says, oh, I didn't. Like, that's that's what happens. Like, they, <laughs> yeah. so they just get someone to take the fall for, like, whatever thing they're working on. Yeah, that's I, true. I thought this movie was so funny, though. Like, there were some really solid gags. Oh I God. think... All the gags are solid. Yeah. Every gag was solid. Like, the, there's Every one... <laughs> most gags. I, can't, I will not vouch for all of them. <laughs> But um, this one where, well, who's the head 
of the record. Fiona? Parker Posley's uh, Fiona. Fiona. Fiona's talking to the government officials and is like, ah, they'll never know what hit them and what hit you, too. <laughs> and then they're like, what are you talking We heard you. Like, we all have headphones on. And then that part goes on for so long. Uh, and I feel like the joke would be dead, but they just keep pushing it. I'm like, this is so silly. This is like, it really works. I think Parker Posey is perfect in that role. Mm-hmm. Like, She's I so thought, good. I think, I think the casting of uh, Rachel Lee Cook as Josie and Tara Reid as Melody, I don't, I think, no. yeah, I don't think I either think- of them bring out very good performances. I think Rachel Lee Cook doesn't like i don't don't think she i think she made josie such an unlikable character well she has just such a weird performance that like it's yeah there's nothing like she's supposed to be like doesn't really register as anything i mean we can't really relate to her and like the most grounded character is val which Mm -hmm. i think is on purpose but like like if josie is the protagonist it's really weird Mm -hmm. rosario dawson i think is great with what she does yeah she makes her almost the main character like she's so good that you kind of just like end up latching onto her well, in every scene she's I the thought. only one that feels like a real person mm-hmm. in the well, movie and like tara like i think part of it's the writing but i think also tara reads comedic <laughs> like uh delivery just isn't on point yeah. well i think like from the comics like that just is how melody is like i think no matter what like melody would have been like that oh no totally i just think that like i just don't think that tara reed necessarily did it very good. Melody's the one that's stupid as a joke. Yeah. yeah the blonde one okay. who's like very dumb blonde. <laughs> but it's like, just it's not funny, I think, when I, she's... I think if they're trying to make her this like hippy-dippy kind of like girl, like they could have done it, but like Tara Reed, she literally reminded me of my cousin, my baby cousin. <laughs> Damn, shots fired at your little cousins. <laughs> you are a terrible well, actor. <laughs> Rachel Lee Cook, like she does this thing with her eyes the whole time where she, she always looks like, like she's so figuring intense. something out with yeah. her eyes and like yeah. <laughs> what are you also like who's the actor that played alan m like who oh, is he <laughs> we decided it's the cartoon of shaggy from scooby-doo he's very <laughs> cartoon like he's so good he's also like he like is in this film he i don't know i just alan m is so weird but i think alan m is supposed to be a joke like always yeah yeah even in the comics he's like a joke he's always like kind of the butt of the joke like he's such a weird character and like almost like some like an adult idea of what a heartthrob would be at that time yeah and i also love when um alan cummings calls him like adam 12 or something (laughs) 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 and i just love that they call him alan m (laughs) yeah alan m i also love the joke where they're on the jet and Alexander's to Alexandra, his mm-hmm. sis, his twin sister, being like, "Why are you here?" And she's like, "Cause I'm in the comics." And they're like, "What?" And then just immediately <laughs> switched like from it and never revisited again. Alexander and Alexandra, I think, register the best of like all the comic characters. I think yeah. they're really funny. Well, mostly Alexander, I guess. They're so cartoonish. Mm-hmm. Also, Alexander's hot. He can get it. <laughs> his hair is so wild. I love him. He looks like a hot. Um, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> I love his outfits. I love when they're all like sad because they've all been dished and then he's like sad he doesn't have the matching pants to his shirt yeah, or whatever. Movie fully acknowledges they've completely ditched that character because in yeah. the sad montage he's just looking at a shirt that we've never seen him like. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like one of the best things in it, I think. He's so funny and strange. I, yeah, there should have been more like back like stuff with alexander and alexandra even if they weren't immediately involved in the plot but just the banter between them i think is so refreshing and i think they do a really good job of sort of distilling like the idea of like 
commercialization um really well especially because it's like alexander's job is to like be the promoter but then he's also like from the book like from the comics they're like these rich kids um and then also the fact that you can see how they are like influenced by trends but it's not as overt because in the beginning they're both wearing like pink outfits and Mm -hmm. they went to buy du jour tickets and then you see those three girls who are like oh my god like red is the new pink or whatever and then in the next scene like they're wearing like orange or red or whatever yeah i found at times though they would be wearing a color before everyone else was wearing it Mm -hmm. like they would be the first ones in like who jersey no, no, no. Um, Alexander and Alexandria. Oh, okay. yeah. And I also do like how on phase they are by the fact that, like, I know he has this moment at the end where he takes all his clothes off <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, my clothes are not me or something. <laughs> I'm me. But um, I do like how they're kind of just blatantly, like, richy kids. Yeah. I think the thing about this movie is, like, the funnier and more interesting characters are the kind of more cartoonish like Mm -hmm. side characters and the main three that they're trying to like ground us in and like even you know melody isn't they never really try to like ground you in her because she's so out there but like then just like val and josie like i don't think that they are compelling enough Mm -hmm. like to really carry it i think val's compelling just because it's like rosario and i think any other reason would make her not compelling like mm-hmm. if they got any other yeah yeah i i really like that color though i we skipped over it a bit but like it even influenced the background actors and stuff like yeah it would like be a wave of one color like that was the prominent thing and it just made the whole movie like so much more interesting to watch like alexander and alexandra and then how that me- mixed up with like the actual background actors and everything like the colors are really nice. In Even at the bar when Alan M had his show, you see all these like normal looking like middle aged people, and they were like all wearing blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's interesting because they're all blue collar. Um, no, but I think it's like I think the world building in this film is really good. Like I think that's what like is really successful is where they really set up this world and this mm-hmm. like like the people like the citizens of the world. And I think it would have been like a better movie if they didn't have the weird emotional storyline or like maybe it wouldn't have been as good like the plot might have not carried as well but i feel like it could have just been better like like it feels like josie and the pussycats kind of get lost in their own film not that i'm like super invested in josie and the pussycats but that's what the movie's called yeah yeah i also do think like i think the movie kind of like 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 val's like feeling of like her immediately being like pushed out Mm -hmm. like by the record people and feeling like kind of like it's not just like in her mind it's like people actually treating her different like i think the movie's almost trying to like talk about like almost like the fact that she's like the one woman of color in the group Mm -hmm. but then it never actually like yeah it doesn't actually say anything but it's like like it kind of like feels like mm-hmm. that's like a reading that they almost went for but then we're like mm-hmm. well, Wyatt also like makes weird comments when he's like talking to Fiona at first when he first yeah. discovers them because he's like they're like bikini killer or whatever but like with one very tan member and I'm like, no, what? He, <laughs> I'm like, like what is this? He's like, it's Christina Aguilera times three but one is very tan or TLC with two white chicks yeah. yeah I'm like what is like who like what? but that is how record labels and like yeah. media industries talk about like about people that they put on camera or in front like they really yeah. do break people down to that but it just it felt like the film was 
kind of almost dancing with like yeah for sure saying something but then opted out of actually saying it mm-hmm. but you can read it as subtext without it being stated but every I, other part of the movie is stated yeah like its main theme about consumerism is so overstated yeah that it feels weird that it would like like not like just go for it though my favorite thing in the movie is not explicitly stated but i think is completely there even if it's just Oh, it's, I think it's in the script, too. I was going to say maybe it's just in the performance, but I think it's there, too. But it's when uh, Parker Posey, Fiona, the, she's, like, the head of the record label, mm-hmm. and she tries to, like, bond with them, and she does it in this really, like, pandery, <laughs> like, girl power way, where I she's like, that. she's like, oh, we're all girls here and stuff, but it's, like, it's all for manipulation, and it kind of feels like, because around the same time, a lot of girl power stuff was also kind of being sold to the public. And mm-hmm. it's like, even if it's like a nice thing, these are still manipulations to get you to buy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. She reminded me of, um, has anyone here watched Daria? Yes. Okay, you know the episode where it's making fun of... Is it the modeling episode? No, it's oh. the one that makes fun of um, the editor of Sassy magazine. Oh, yes. Jane. Where she's like, yeah, I'm young. Yeah, yeah and yeah. she's like, it's me, Val, Val magazine. I like what's hip and trendy. And Fiona's whole character felt like that. Yeah. Exactly. So it felt like in this moment where she's like, okay, it's girls time, only girls allowed. And then she's like, so how much do you weigh? <laughs> yeah. And like... Not even that slide though. It's so awkward. It's yeah. like the worst. I don't know when she's just mid massage. Like, why are you? It's extremely <laughs> unnerving. I, thought. Yeah. I also yeah. like how she's like, "This is my girls' room," and it's like all pink and has like little like Hello Kitty stuffed toys. And like the yeah. sexy waiter who brings them the candy, and <laughs> yeah. she's like, "Isn't he so cute?" <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and like also who I'm obsessed with all of Val's costumes because I like how they're never specifically. Fiona the, or, or sorry, Fiona. Costumes are never specifically the trend or whatever. Yeah. But like... They're such good looks. I feel like whoever made them, they look like someone's senior project from like fashion school. Yeah. Well, the one look where she had like the feathers all over her necklace and then every Valentina. time she turned... Yeah. And every time she turned, there was like the little swish sound effect. That was yeah. so nice. But also like... A few years ago, I told this to Sab when we were watching the movie, and I don't think he cared, but it's okay. Frances McDormand wore a Valentino look oh God, to the yeah. Met Gala that looked a lot like that a few years ago. Not her that's pagan outfit. Sick. Yeah. I gotta check that out. Yeah. I, I think that's so true, though, because it, it also speaks to her position of power. Like, she doesn't mm-hmm. care, like, at all about the trends. She's doing her own thing. Yeah, when you're powerful enough, like, you don't have to actually follow the things that you are selling to other people, mm-hmm. right? And, like, also it, the idea of, like, there are these like very sus like women who are in powerful positions who like try to be like oh I'm making it for girls though but it's like so actually just about them yeah it's just like, yeah yeah and like I love how in the end we find out that the big message she wanted to broadcast was all about how, how she's cool, cool she is <laughs> I love that's kind of like endearing like it's really she, like her character is like actually a, a horrible person. But you I kind of feel bad for her. You feel bad for her because she's just so tragic and so misguided. And you're mm-hmm. like, like I'm not particularly sad that she like got in trouble. Mm-hmm. But I just feel bad for her as a human of like the circumstances that led her to that point. Yeah. But I do think a lot of successful people, it's like, I feel like, like someone like Mark Zuckerberg or something, mm-hmm. you see them and you're like, I feel like they think that if they get successful enough, people will like them. Because like people didn't like them. Yeah. I guess that's just what the social network is. But um 
I don't know. I thought that kind of rang true to me. That it was like yeah. she just like so badly wants to be liked, and she's like, if I get more and more successful, I can force everyone to like. Well, me. same with Wyatt. Yeah, too. Wyatt literally says like, oh, now like I have all the people you went to high school with that like whatever they'll see you and right. and he's like some people have to wait until their ten year anniversary. <laughs> yeah. And that's true. The mean girls from their town like become fans of theirs. Right. Yeah. Well, I think it also it's also interesting with the mean girls where it's like, sure the girls are mean at the beginning. I think like those mean girl characters are written really well and really it really like justifies the like But why are they shot in fish eye? Because There's a lot of fish eye in this fans, fans. No, it's overwhelming. Well it's shot by the guy who who did Yeah, Requiem for a Dream. It's that guy. And Venom. Oh my god. But yeah. No, I think it's like I think I really liked. I think the first time I watched this film, I was like, "Oh yeah, like Mean Girl characters," because like the movie like needs that. But then I think it also like is kind of interesting how they're brought back, and it shows it's like, yeah, you can like there will be people like this in your life, and there is like maybe it just made me feel like a little bit better for like you know when you don't when you like don't trust somebody and you're like I'm not sure why I don't trust you but mm-hmm. I just don't but then it's like oh there are people who are actually just disingenuous and just like don't know how to like express themselves out of like outside of like what they're told to so they like view the world through that where it's like I'm not like they like have poor opinions of people because they're like aren't on the same like brainwave so I think that sort of was like I was like okay there are people like that they're not just like weird caricatures from a movie it felt it felt weird at the start I think because I thought it was just gonna be like a rival just mean girl group of like women hating women for no reason but it didn't feel like that because they only came in for like a bit at the start and then came in at the end right yeah did they even pop up like they, probably they show up at the hotel she okay. at the hotel and she's like why why are you here yeah. please leave i do wish the movie made fun of josie and the pussycats a bit more for their own kind of like like mentalities and like aesthetics which is like their whole like we wear like unhemmed jeans yeah. and like bandanas yeah. and we live in this like weird house and like it, i think that like they could have made them like relatable characters, but still poked fun at the fact that they are also very much subscribing to like yeah, an aesthetic yeah. and like a, a lifestyle that feels more like rock and roll or whatever, but still feels very curated. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's one of the things that annoyed me. Like there was there's a scene where like a goth girl questions the record executive. She's like, Oh, like this is the new thing you're promoting. I don't think it's very good. And then they like have her like taken away in a van and it just felt like this really to me kind of like obnoxious attitude of like oh we're different and we understand we're so much smarter than everyone he does point that out because he's like oh you must be so above everyone and she's like yeah and then he like rolls his eyes so i think they do sort of like yeah but they still take her away the idea that they're taking away all these free thinkers but like all the free thinkers in the movie are just kind of they have their own groups and stuff yeah and like even at the end when josie's like she tells everyone to take off their mind control helmets and it's like just decide for yourself if you like our music or not the music is really bland and very commercial like it's I like that it. it's good it's, but it's like it's enjoyable it's so enjoyable i, I know, know. Well, but like you see even like i think at that time in like 2001 you had this kind of like backlash against like the christinas and the britneys of the world and you would have like pink and like avril and these girls that were like still very much like designed by their record labels to Mm -hmm. give off a certain image but if there is a word that of rebellion and being not that like 
they were and it was so much that they talked about it in their songs and yeah. it was like that they were different and edgy but they were they were still completely like They're still products they were still products and they were also mass produced like there was a bunch of other like less successful female singers that all tried to tap into that so there was this like competing aesthetic of like the like fake like rebellious girl versus like the mindless teeny bobber but at the same time it all felt like they were packaging something to sell and like it's it's interesting i think josie and the pussycats like really those are the two things yeah definitely i mean no shade to like early avril though i love you girl (laughs) well avril was originally like originally was a country musician well, and, then, what? Yeah. and then the label like adopted her and they're like we're gonna give you this like bad girl like persona but she like started <laughs> off in like country music she won a contest writing songs that was judged by like shania twain or something and yeah. that's how she got her start when she was like a teen she impressed her much <laughs> she's from napanee she's a country girl shania wow. twain was her idol I had no idea. I didn't. Yeah, Queen but Avril. Like, <laughs> like fucking like I I love some early Pink, but like a lot of her music is very much like I hate girls that try to be this thing. But Pink herself, like she was originally sold as like a white hip hop artist girl. Like <sighs> literally, I read this really interesting article about it because she completely just adopted black culture to like the degree that people thought she was light skin, and she danced around the question she was the og rachel dolezal the rachel divide (laughs) (laughs) so like but then in her next album she started selling herself as this like punk rock girl and people always forget that her original image was completely different and they're both feel very manufactured Mm -hmm. and then suddenly she was like oh i don't want to be a stupid girl i don't want to be like britney i don't want to be these things i wear like piercings Maybe this is too much to ask of the Josie and the Pussycats movie, which is better than it should be. But I think it just would have made its point even better if there was this added idea of like, oh, this image that they're going away from is also an image. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think also like it would have been interesting to maybe like I don't know if Alan M is that necessary, but bring in like some more Alan M discourse in that way because I feel like. <laughs> He, he, like, had the thing where he's, like, you gotta remember your roots, Josie. Like, you're changing, mm-hmm. like, like, him and Val. That was, like, yeah. his I character. I feel like Alan M is the only time they really try to poke jokes at right. Josie's life. But it's never even at them. It's at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though he's a product of it, too. Like, when he he's sings like about... Bob Dylan. When he's, like, you're Sound sensitive about my truck or something. <laughs> Literally him like trying to be Bob Dylan, like doing that phone call with the like harmonica around his neck, looking so flip-flops, dumb. The I literally flip-flops. wrote that down. I literally wrote down Alan M's flip flops. <laughs> like, hot, sexiest man in Riverdale. I thought they had a connection. What about Moose. <laughs> moose. Well, what Moose isn't sexy in Riverdale? I don't know. He doesn't even play a guitar. Like, literally. He's no Alan. I meant the drawing. He's no Reggie. <laughs> Actually, if you watch Riverdale, Reggie is the sexiest man in Riverdale. Sorry. Aren't there two? What? They're yeah, two. they changed the character. They, they changed, changed the, the actors. Actor. Okay, new Reggie is really hot. First Reggie is not so hot. And, like, also, <sighs> this guy accused him of trying to, like, murder him with Courtney Love or something. They're, like, really good friends. Is that why he's off the show? In no, real life? he's on 13 Reasons Why. <laughs> <laughs> IRL, he tried to... No. Love. Okay. 
What? Yeah, explain this one. <laughs> Frances Bean Cobain, which is their daughter. Yeah. Her ex-husband, she gave him one of Kurt Cobain's old guitars as a gift, and then they, she wanted it back, and he wouldn't give it back. So he says that they tried to, like, kidnap him. No, yeah, there wasn't murder, but they, like, he claims that they kidnapped him to, like, steal the guitar and stuff, and Jeez. that this guy was part of it. Moose How does he do that? know that? No, this is Reggie. <laughs> Reggie would this totally is why Moose do that. Is the sexiest one. <laughs> Well, <laughs> this is some anyway comics discourse. It's a good conspiracy too. I don't know. Is it? I I don't know. You can Google it. Can I also say about the footwear? Do you see Josie all the time in these like massive like stiletto heels with yeah. like the huge platform that are like see through, and she keeps like running in them. I know in the in the aquarium also the Evian side. Yeah, the yeah, Evian. That's a good joke. That's funny. That's, that's funny. In the aquarium, it's implied by a sponsorship sign that the whales are swimming in Evian water, <laughs> which is funny. They love the taste. <laughs> they love it. They love the Evian. Also, I the intro to the movie made it like seem like there's two movies almost. Like there's this like weird conspiracy, like fun movie about the industry, the music industry, and like pop stars and whatever. And then there's this. It feels like there was a TV show about these girls oh, trying to like montage in like the beginning. Sequence? Yeah, it was so That's weird. Such a weird sequence. I kind of hate that sequence. Yeah, I hate that sequence, and I also hate the sequence when they're climbing the charts. Literally. Oh, I like <laughs> that song though. So I'm like fine with that sequence because I, I like thought, that song. I thought the intro was setting up like a clone high thing, or it was going to be a parody of like all of 2000s culture. It was going to be a parody of what kind of like movie this would be. Yeah. But. It, it's well, not? Was, no, it teeters on like satire and then just like boring, like cliche teen stuff. See, I just I want the first tell. movie. I want the first movie yeah. where Dujour goes missing and then this new band comes out, but then Dujour is back at the end. Also, well, the weird message in, in uh, Melody's bathroom. It's a weird psycho yeah, parody well, <laughs> or just use of the imagery. Ran in. <laughs> and drew it was like, just another joke out. about how Melody is dumb. Yeah. Which also I do got to say in the montage of them all being sad I do like that she just is randomly in this dark room with a cage of puppies. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I thought she wrote it out with the lipstick while she was listening to the music or or like when she wasn't listening to music and then like came to her senses and were like, whoa, like what did I leave a message for myself? But it was the guy from DuJour. Yeah, yeah. it was from DuJour. That felt weird. Yeah. Can we talk about how grading the whole Carson Daly thing is? Oh. So weird. I looked I up know. who that was. I was like, who the Carson, hell well, he, is this? I actually loved that scene. I love that so scene. Weird. It's so weird. It's such a, also because there's like all these like, they're trying to insinuate that there's like an attraction between him and Melody and yeah. like Tara Reid and Carson Daly were dating in real life. So oh, okay. yeah. Makes and, it even more annoying. But I kind of I kind of liked it. I really liked how the audience was like cardboard cutouts. Cardboard cutouts of celebrities. Yeah. And that they wrote TRL with tape on the <laughs> Should we explain what happened? Yeah, so no. um Val and Melody the um are kind of becoming suspicious of the record label well, and just Val. <laughs> no, but Melody also like she she gets like a she gets a chill down her spine. And it's not just the O. Um, <laughs> and so they want to get rid of them and make Josie a solo artist. So they send them to what they think is a recording of Total Request Live, which was an MTV sh- video show. Um, hosted by Carson Daly 
but when they show up they're in this fake studio and everything's made out of cardboard and then this guy comes out and claims he's Carson Daly. <laughs> um, that is so... And like, I, so weird. I was so confused. <laughs> I was so, so genuinely weird confused. Point. And then, like, I feel like the joke would have landed if they didn't have the real Carson Daly because it's like, haha, everything's fake. But then yeah. the real Carson Daly walks out and then the two of them get baseball bats, which is an unaffected method of murder, and try to kill Val and Melody. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny, the idea that they would kill them and the idea would like Carson Daly with a baseball bat would be the best way to kill them. Yeah. yeah. But I just don't I think the rest of the scene is so annoying. I, I like that Carson Daly's in baseball bat. Like peanut butter jelly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that I'm not repeating that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I like that Carson Daly is in on this like conspiracy like like too. Like yeah. because he, he would be. He was an arm of the music industry. He was annoying. Um but <laughs> Yeah, and then later in the movie, Carson like Daly. Yeah, he's has he's on <laughs> TRL and oh, he's yeah. introducing <laughs> their like. I show bet you they were just like, all. "This would be funny if Carson Daly was like beat up and like Still pre- pre- presenting it," and they just had to figure out how to write that gag into the film. It might have been super funny in two thousand one. But I thought it was really annoying. It was because I didn't even know who he was. And they were just like, oh no, that's the real one. And I was like, okay, the I, reason I, I have to Google him. I only know who he is because I saw that movie as a kid. And then I was like, when I think of Carson Daly, I first think the guy who's in the Josie and the Pussycats movie. Mm. Because he was actually on TRL. But like, never first. Because I've never seen TRL. Because I'm uh, a Jen uh, Zed and I'm from Canada. Zoomers, rise up. <laughs> The only thing I know about Carson Daly is there's an SNL skit where Jimmy Fallon says, I'm Carson Daly and I'm a massive tool. (laughs) So I assume that he was. He hosts The Voice now. Nice. Really? seems incredibly boring from what I can tell. Yeah. He's he's also not even hot enough to like... No. That's the thing that I was like... Like he's not... I feel like the late night host or whatever, or he felt like a late night host energy. He He was a VJ. He wasn't. He wasn't up to par. It just felt weird. Yeah, I agree. he was that famous. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then the other guy that's trying to kill Val. We're supposed what to know who that? that is. We don't. What, I, don't I think that? he's an impressionist. He must be like a famous impressionist. <laughs> yeah, he has time. to be up there. He keeps he, doing yeah. impressions. And they're not that good. They're not good. Well, that's what, that's Including like a Cosby thing. one, is that which the is scarier joke? now. It was so bad. Well, that was the thing where Val was like, you're not even funny. Like, just stop. Like, the characters tell him he's bad at impressions. So I'm thinking maybe he was like another vj or someone yeah maybe but it's very strange they don't explain it though like because make that clear oh well, they might have been supposed very to get it time. in 2001 yeah, 2001 reference i was like baby still so mm. i was literally four years old um i once tried to watch much music and someone told me not to and i didn't <laughs> But I do remember the. You're so brave. I remember the day that my babysitter was playing much music, and I saw the Skater Boy video for the first time, and my life was fucking changed. I was like, "Who is this? (laughs) What is this?" Queen Avril. And I, I mean, I was obsessed with her first concert, first all that. But this is not really relevant. I just remember seeing the skater boy video for the first time and like dying and going to heaven which is where we are now (laughs) 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 well just because this happened after so if we're in heaven we're still there that's nice oh 
Were you saying something? I don't have a question. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. I thought that, you were looking at me. There is a reason to say yeah. Yeah. Oh, Keep that in. Um, do we want to do whack levels? How long have we been going? 54. Oh, that's pretty good. That's close. No, I get to leave it. I have to I have to leave in about five, ten yeah, minutes. Five, so. Oh yeah, five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Who's gonna start? Keep that in for sure. <laughs> yeah, I have to leave now. Bye. You're not gonna hear my whack level. Do you wanna start now? I can start. I think I think the film is pretty whack. Um I like after doing this conversation, I do like think that it should have like been more towards the conspiracy side of things. Like I think it would have been a stronger film if it did that. Um, but I still think it gets a solid, like, like probably like a four out of five whackness for me. But yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what I, that's what I think. Yeah. I, I thought it was really sweet. I thought, uh, I liked the heartfelt moments in it, even if that took away from the whackness levels. Um, but it did, it was a nice mix for me. And I th- I think I was happy with the story about bands and celebrity and friendship. It was a, it was a sweet one. Um, I'm gonna give it a three on the wacky scale (laughs) i kind of think this movie's a bit of a half measure where it's like it's pretty funny pretty pleasant i think it's above average smart and insightful about uh the kind of the conspiracy thing but even on a whack level i'm gonna say it's a two and a half Hmm. but the firm was five firm five (laughs) (laughs) ask me for my reasoning no five (laughs) I'm gonna say I think this movie honestly for like a I feel like there's a weird time period between like 99 and like 2003 where there were just some fucking weird teen movies that all that a lot of them had this like weird aesthetic and like kind of were wacky so like I'm gonna say it was like a three like I don't I think it's definitely whack I would have honestly loved if it had committed even more mm-hmm. to the yeah, whack I think because like I, I think the movie when where it fell flat was when it tried to ground itself so I think it should have just kind of either grounded it more in a more sincere way with better casting in some parts or just kind of abandoned that and gone full Spice World, mm-hmm. which... Always go full Spice World. I mean, but I, I did enjoy it, I and I loved it as a kid. I think the conspiracy was crazier to me as a kid, for sure. Seb guessed the conspiracy pretty quickly in <laughs> our viewing of it. Genius. I'm so smart. <laughs> but I also do love a good Parker Posey and Alan Cummings performance, mm-hmm. so... I love those two. They get 10 stars in my brain. Um, I have a question for you all while we calculate. Did what, you give a number? I said three. Oh. What is our favorite music industry conspiracy? Shania Twain, Wooden Leg. Oh, well, I don't know oh, that Oh, please one. explain this one. <laughs> it's just a conspiracy that Shania Twain has a wooden leg. Mm. <laughs> Shania, baby, if you're watching, please. Or No, us. actually, it's Melissa. It's Melissa. Melissa's my I take it back. Another Canadian conspiracy, people think that Avril Lavigne died and was replaced by somebody named Melissa. And there's proof because there's a picture where Avril Lavigne just has the name or Melissa just has the word Melissa written across her hand. Ah, yes. So only the, only, only the debut uh, 
Avril album, which is Let Go, I believe, is actually Avril, and everything after that is not Avril. It is Wait, Melissa. Even but. <laughs> can I hop in real quick? Yeah, you can. Adam leaves that Most music conspiracy theories are so stupid because it's just this person's dead. And it's like, well, how you can't argue against that. What are you? It's, what are you talking about? Like her, Paul is Melissa dead. Melissa was written on her hand. Paul you is think dead. that's okay. written on your hand right? is your name. Paul is dead. Tupac. <laughs> okay. Or it's either you're dead, or if you are actually are dead, yeah, then you're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> that's always I, the conspiracy. As, as a life. All right, hopping off. As as a lifelong Avril fan, I gotta say, I don't believe this conspiracy, but I do wish it was true. Because she was dead. Yes, because I would rather that than know that she went from to like a perfect album of teen angst to this girl who was like this like fake punk girl to the two now when she released such terrible music i just wish she could have remained a great cool. case for a person dying no, it's <laughs> Melissa. It's Melissa. I, don't it. I don't wish any bad energy on avril don't die her music is so bad that it would be better if she was dead and someone else is playing no bad vibes <laughs> i'm sorry avril. I, I okay. We love you I once <laughs> listened to a podcast where they laid out all the like evidence for paul mccartney being dead and then I was fully like, fuck, it's true. It's fucking there. But then they debunked it all. And I was like, no, yeah. never mind. Fuck, why did I listen to the second half of it? <laughs> How long is this podcast? Um, yeah, what about you, Funky? <laughs> um, if you have them. I honestly don't have that many I subscribe to. I, I read up on the Avril one, but I was also like, I'm not as invested in Avril Lavigne as most. So I, it didn't hit me the same way. But I love uh, Tupac. <laughs> He's still alive, but I, I don't know how or why that passion is there. Like for him still being alive, I don't. But go find him, guys. Good luck. I love how people report Elvis sightings to this day. Like, <laughs> like Elvis would probably be dead now anyway. <laughs> He is dead now. Anyways. I know, but if he was alive... If he was alive, he would be dead by now. If he survived... He didn't get murdered. I don't know what happened to him. Okay. He died on the toilet. What? That's like, like... We gotta start some lower stakes ones, like Snoop Dogg is left-handed or something. What? Is that a conspiracy? We should start it. They can't all be so extreme. I'm not starting one, I'm just mentioning i'm saying we should start one okay start you guys one? if you're listening please use the hashtag snoop is left handed <laughs> please <no. laughs> please all right do we have a number oh yeah we do have a number so we've left, left you on the edge of your seat <laughs> <laughs> so the number for this conspiracy film josie and the pussycats rates a 3.125 out of five hmm. blackness wow. pretty middle middle yeah. of the road. could you say what's above and below it um above it is I believe total recall at 3.56 and below it is mm, I think it. Uncle Drew uh, at like 2.66. That sounds about right. Mm. Actually, I think Uncle Drew maybe should be higher. Whatever. I probably would have rated Uncle Drew whacker if I was there. Sorry. Oh, well. Our entire scale is thrown off. We have to redo our entire podcast. <laughs> delete all the episodes. Start again the same movies. <laughs> yeah. Hannah, you want to take us out? Oh, how does the movie end? 
movie ends with them performing. When you like these sort of like, outros. Also, where we can say I just say? Oh, one point. <laughs> the festival is. Over. Josie's on stage, Give like they're on stage in front of millions of people, and Alabama's in the crowd, but they're having a conversation. And speaking yeah. volume. Yeah, right. She volume. steps away from the mic. I love it. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, that's just, I did not remember that until right now. But that's, at the end, Alan M is, like, there. Um, They do the thing that I love that early 2000s do where they have video next to the credits, so it's not just credits over black. Oh, yeah, let's do some bloopers to end this podcast. No. (laughs) Wait, what's my line again? (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) I just crossed my eyes, but you guys can't see it. Goodbye. Bye. Wait, are we do are we signing off and Adam saying who does, we are? Adam does an outro. You do a pre recorded outro? Yeah. If you listen to the podcast, I you do. would know that. Cut this out. I thought you knew. Cut this out. Interesting. That's a blooper. Conspiracy self <laughs> never blooper. listen to this podcast. I'm sure. No, I thought you said you listened to the episodes. I do, but we're we doing for all the old ones too? Yeah. For all of them? Yeah. As Ian's music plays. Oh, okay. Did someone just fart it? Stop! That's a blooper! So yeah, uh, I mean, go to uh, insomniacfestival.com, uh, at insomniacfest on Instagram, insomniac underscore fest on Twitter. Uh, uh, thank you to Ian Mills for the music and Emma Kudlack for the logo. Uh, also, Carson Daly with a baseball bat. Okay, I'm glad it got said. I was trying to say it like peanut butter jelly in a baseball bat, uh, but no one wanted to repeat it. Uh, probably wisely, but I'm. I, I felt like it should be. You know, there should be a clean take of it at the end of this episode. So there it is. Uh, next week, we're gonna be uh, doing our year in review, uh, where we talk about some of our favorites and least favorites, some of our wackest things in 2020. Uh, we don't know exactly what we're going to talk about yet, but you know, if you have a topic you want us to hit on in terms of our favorites or least favorites or wackest of whatever, then uh, you know, send it to us on Instagram or email us or tweet at us, and we'll do it. Um, until then, see you later. Bye. Mom, get out! I'm doing a podcast.